0: Good evening, good night. Yeah. Welcome to the show, what a wonderful delight. Uh. Yeah, Patsy and T-Ross, better chop up on a mic. Just sit back, have a laugh, catch a vibe, and enjoy the ride.
1: Yeah. What's good, man? You hear us? Uh-oh.
2: Can you hear me better there? Yes. Yo, gotcha. yo. What's up, what's up? What up, big dog? Not much Uh, getting ready for the day. Got some sparring later tonight. Well, this yes, afternoon. Sir.
1: Been ready for that big one man what's man. good man let's um uh let's get into this right away i know you're a okay. busy man um melissa welcome to the show the number one contender in the ufc bantamweight class with a record of 19 and 3 in the main event of the UFC 256 and for a shot for the title and the host of the weekly scraps podcast mr Algermain yeah. sterling how you doing man
2: i'm doing well thanks for having me guys getting ready for, for uh, uh chip yeah, sorry. Can't wait for that
0: either, man. We looking forward to it. We looking forward to it.
2: Damn. I know.
1: Once so we start talking on. to Matt, man, we talked to Matt Sarah, and he uh, obviously brought up your name and we're, we're, we've been getting into UFC real big lately. And so we, we we jumped on that that offer of just, you know, hitting you up and getting a chance and we really appreciate you coming on, man.
2: Yeah, for sure. No doubt.
1: So let's, um yeah. let's talk about the main event then with Peter, with Peter Jan. How's that? How's training going for that? And what, what are you doing daily now?
2: Uh, Trey's is going pretty well, I think. Just working on the, the little small details of his approach and, and my approach to the game. And um, I think it's going to be a very tactical fight on my end. I think for him, he's going to have to play a little smart. I think if if he's smart, he's going to be very cautious of the way he's throwing his punches so that he doesn't overcommit. Is if uh, he overcommits the way he has done in the past, it's going to leave some big openings for me to slip underneath and, and get those takedowns. And uh, I think those takedowns are going to be huge to get him tired early. Just to solidify position, if I could get him in, a, in an ideal situation, I know I can get him out of there.
0: No, for sure. So where do you think some of his weaknesses are? Because I know you're, you're um, crazy jujitsu. Uh, you're amazing with some of your submissions. What, what are some of the things you're going to be looking for, you know, to take advantage of in the fight?
2: Honestly, uh, I think he's slower than I am. And uh, I think he's so heavy on trying to get the knockout that he, you know, he walks into a lot of strikes Mm. and he typically likes to throw when people are getting backed up or cornered against the cage. I think that leaves some room for for me, a guy who prides himself on a lot of lateral footwork. It makes me that much harder to hit because I'm not just going straight back where he can walk forward and attack. Um, I'm cutting angles constantly. And uh, I think – That's going to be an issue unless he's made some adjustments with that. And, of course, the grappling department. Mm -hmm. I know he's he's well-rounded, but I don't think his grappling is for jujitsu. It's for just to get back up for the fight. And I think it's more defensive than anything. So I think that leaves the opening, which is going to let us see – whose defense or offense is going to be better in that situation. And I, I think defensively and offensively, I'm going to definitely shine through in, in those moments. No, yes, I dude.
0: definitely see. I definitely see that because your your stamina and just your energy when you get out there, I, I just don't see him I I see that being a problem, like the biggest problem for him. Cause I so I seen, like he likes to walk people down. He likes to throw big punches and he likes to get people backing up. But you don't really see people like, you know, kind of moving in front of him or making it hard. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing. So My next question is, how do you, like, where's this stamina come from? Where's this energy coming from? As soon as you come out the gate, man, you just, like, all over the place. Why are you throwing (laughs) fucking three combo (laughs) kicks, high kick? I'm like, dog, like, that is not easy to do.
2: Nah, it's not. It's very taxing, man. It uses up a lot of energy, that's for sure. It's just the training. You got to put in the hard work and knowing that if I'm going to want to put it out a pace like that, I got to be sure that I can keep that up for 15, 15 minutes now, 25 minutes. So, that's one of the things we're definitely working on, making that transition again. I did that back when I was at Cage Fury. So going back to those five-round fights, you know, it, it, everything right now kind of reminds me of back in the days, just the, the long grinding strength and conditioning sessions I would have to do just to make sure that muscle endurance, and I still would have that explosiveness all the way towards the end of the fight when you when it's going back and forth like that. So... I, I, I like intensity, man. That's, that's just how I've always been. I, 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 we used to do this thing in wrestling back in high school when I first started in 10th grade. The seniors, one of them, Maurice Stoner, he, he would always do this chant in the room and it would always be like, who want to jog with me? And then everybody else on the team would like, just echo it. So who want to jog with me? And then we'd say, I want to jog with you. And then it would just be an echo. And it's like, I want to be a champ. Who want to be a champ? I do. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And everyone's, it's just crescendo. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah sure. that, hey, It's like, let's go. And everyone's sprinting, 10 second sprint. And that's just one of them. To, I used to jog around the mat, slap my head a couple of times on the head gear. Boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And then I step on the line and I'm ready. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. We shake hands and I'm ready to go. I'm just attacking my opponent. You know, so I bring that same mentality into the octagon and. It can be exhausting, but um, it gets me in the right mental headspace that I need to 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 fight someone and uh, to compete.
1: Speak about the um the the difference of like the three rounds to the five rounds, like how much of a difference that really is. And obviously, you said you did it before in Cage Fury, and then you go back to three, and then now you're doing another five round championship fight. Talk to us about that.
2: It's it's different, you know. That's a <laughs> I spar twice a week, so that would be thirty minutes. Um, of sparring and now you make that 25 minutes. So that's a whole extra 20 minutes. You know, so it's a lot of extra work, you know, getting punched in the face, making those adjustments, more room for error in terms of giving your opponent more of an opportunity to to try to catch you. So three rounds, you could kind of be like, okay, if I can, you know, plate save, whatever your strategy might be, now you're going into a five round fight. You gotta change that strategy a little bit. You know, so depending on your fight style, I I think for someone like me, the longer the fight goes, typically I do better. I think I usually outshine my opponents when it comes to the 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 cardio and stamina department so I know Jan is in pretty good shape but he's never had the the adversity where guys are pushing him back and getting him tired I had one fight in the UFC where I was extremely tired I did three workouts a day of the fight I was exhausted (laughs) the first round man I came out on fire the first round and and after that I clearly tapered off and i was like man i think i might have overdid it today doing my morning shakeouts i think i did a little bit too much of a warm-up before getting out here and and it showed so i don't think he's had any opposition like that yet so we haven't seen him face that adversity so i don't know what that looks like for him maybe he has outside of the ufc but i've got 14 fights in the ufc he's got six i think this is going to be the big difference is experience and um you know, I've been down around, came back. I just think I, I just have more boxes checked than he does. So those those extra 10 minutes are going to make a big difference. I, and we're going to find out who he's going to be in favor of. I think for me, he might think for him. He might think I, all I need to do is catch him one time. And for me, I'm thinking Khabib style. You know, I take him down. I'm just going to drown him and make his life miserable down there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I that one. that's see that one. Man, so I, I know personally, I'm I, – I used to be a big UFC fan back in the day, and then I kind of got off of it a little bit. Then I started, like, you know, getting really into it these past, like, three, four months. So I'm, like, kind of indulging myself in all this, but kind of help me and some of the listeners kind of break down, like, what is it? What's, what's, what's it like, like, the day of a fight? Like, what is your routine? Because you just said you had three workouts before a fight, and I'm thinking that that's not anything somebody be doing before they go out and fight. Especially like, and just, you know, when you have stuff going on at night. So what is it like for you daily or not even daily, just, you know, for the day of the fight?
2: Uh, the day of the fight, I normally do my morning shakeout, get up while all the food is still kind of settled in me. And, you know, you do your drastic weight cut, you put everything back in and you put a lot back in. Usually for me, it's 15, 17 pounds. So at that point, fuck? um, <laughs> You gotta get that moving through your body, and you gotta feel good. You know, you want to still feel nimble, loose on your on your on your toes, and all that. At least that's the type of fighter I am. I don't want to be all heavy and just stuck in the mud, as Conor McGregor would say. Um, <laughs> so I want to make sure I'm light. I'm feeling good. I do my morning shakeout. I, I used to do like an hour workout in the morning. Now I kind of, as I've gotten older and matured, that morning shakeout is usually 15, 20 minutes, and it's just mm-hmm. pretty much the fight. I go round by round, go through the fight, and get everything, all the nerves, everything. Out of me. And then I'll go have my breakfast, chill out, take a nap. And then I always have it like a midday crash. So I have to take a nap before I before yeah, I go out I there. I, otherwise, I'm exhausted. Yeah. So I do so that. Energy back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then right before the fight where we have to go take the buses and everything down to the arena, do all that, do my morning, not my morning, my um pre-fight warm-up again. And that one's also shortened down drastically compared to it was in the past. You know, learning from my experiences, less is sometimes more. The work is already done, you know, the haze in the barn, mm-hmm. as they say. So do about another 20 minutes of work and just go through the fight and uh, open up my lungs with some sprints just make sure I hit that second wind so yeah, I'm not court, hitting that. Court. that Yeah, because if I hit that in the, in the fight, you hit that adrenaline dump and it's just like, yo, everything feels heavy. You don't mm-hmm. feel like you're, you're moving correctly. And uh, I think it definitely shows. So if I can hit that before, kind of like my wrestling matches, I call it getting the stupid moves out, you know. So I get yeah. the, the, the junk moves out of my system, so that I don't do those junk moves in the match. Yeah. I'm, I'm firing. I'm sharp. I can see my punches. I'm moving my head, and uh, my quick twitch muscles are firing. You know, so once I get all that going, I feel good. You know, get my 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 big old chain, my Jamaican flag, yeah. and I'm ready to
0: go. It's go time, damn man. That's another so what thing I wanted about, to ask about weight cutting, man. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I hey I've been curious about this for a while. Weight cutting. That that shit to me is like I, I had no idea it's like it's dangerous as it is. Like I didn't think people and I heard you uh you say uh on I think with Brendan Shaw that you usually sometimes walk around 170 and you have yeah, like, to get- cut
2: all that weight. I get Wait, pretty big, man. I can get pretty big if I'm not how, training, not doing the how, right things.
0: How the hell do you, like, how is it, how do you cut, like, how
2: do you, I know you
0: have to kind of, like, watch it through, through camp, but, like, how do you, like, maintain that? Uh,
2: it's not easy. I think for me the main thing is uh, I try to do it gradually. And when yeah. I get to 170, it's usually because I'm not training at all. I'm just yeah. being fat, eating everything, pizza nonstop, burgers. <laughs> and, um... And it's not like you know. There's people who get fat and they blow up and they look like I look big, but at the same time, yeah, I'm still pretty, you still got it. Still pretty lean. I'm not like jacked or anything mm-hmm. like ripped up as I am when I'm cutting weight, but I'm still pretty lean. I think that goes to show when I actually start to get down into the 60s or the 70, or the 50s, my body fat is like in between five and six, depending on you know the, the day. So it's uh, it's not a fun weight cut, man. It's, it's not fun by any means. I just try to do a little by little. So if I have a six-week camp, and from a wrestling mentality, man, if I really wanted to do it, I could cut the weight in a week. Um, damn. It's going to be hard as hell, but I can, I can do it in a week. It's not fun. You know, I would have to do some starving sessions and, and things like that, but I can get it done. Oh, damn. Yeah, so to have six, eight, ten weeks to do it, and I still have my fun, still eat my chocolates. I'm a big chocolate fanatic, so I have a crazy sweet tooth. So even now, like I'm, I'm less than four weeks out and uh, well i'm actually 4 weeks out from today and uh i'm still eating my ice cream and stuff like that just a little bit yeah. here and there nothing too crazy yeah, i'm not yeah. eating a whole pint or something like that but um i got to you know you got to still curb those cravings so
0: yeah
2: God, With that God. being said man i get down like 50, like in the 50s 55 i'm waking up 55 around around this time 4 3 weeks out Two weeks out, I'm trying to wake up around 150 to 152. That lets me know my body's getting smaller. The muscles are starting to shrink. I'm still water-loading, so I'm staying very, very hydrated. And then the week of the fight, on a Sunday, if I'm fighting on Saturday, I want to be waking up like 148, 149. And fight week, which starts on Tuesday, if I can be 146, then the rest is just a couple of hard workouts. Well, light workouts with a lot of work, workout clothes on, sweating it all out, burning some calories. Nice and easy, and then I do the last four to six pounds in the sauna or the hot tub, and step on the scale, and then I try to yeah. put it on as fast as I can. <laughs> and that, that's like <laughs> that a plan. Is that insane.
0: sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, oh shit. every <laughs> step of the way.
1: Man, back to what you were talking about, like your lateral movements, watching your fights, I see that. And then you have like obviously you, you have an unorthodox style of how you like how you fight. And you're you're really good at moving side to side and lateral quickness. Like, where where did that come from? How did that all start? And you take advantage of these guys that don't ever don't usually see it.
2: Yeah, a lot of these guys I think they're very one dimensional or they're still stuck in their old ways and not evolving. You see a lot of the switch dancing now with the high level guys. Um, I think that's the, the new wave. That's going to be the new the new era of MMA. The new breeds, those guys who could do both stances and be just as fluid in both stances. And on top of that, if you can wrestle, that's just a game changer, you know. So um, being able to dictate where the fight goes, I think is huge. And having lateral footwork, you look at a guy like even like Sandhagen. You know, I just fought him, but he just had a ridiculous fight against Marlon Marais. And a lot of the stuff he does is just his footwork in and out. Um, side to side makes him hard to read he's shifting stances at the same time and we kind of got a similar style in that regards he's more volume with the punches I'm more volume with the kicks it's just hard to it's hard to track down an opponent like that you know so it's hard to hit you don't know which stance they're going to be in so when they're throwing the counters it makes you more susceptible to to those attacks because you might be reading an orthodox fighter and as he shifts he switched southpaw now you thought that cross was his right hand. Now that cross is his left hand. So there's more power, more sting on that, punches, that punch. And if you step in too much and overcommit, you could get cracked and get caught. So there's a lot, man. I, I, pick, I would like to think... I picked that up through my childhood, just playing a lot of pickup football, a lot of pickup basketball and a lot of pickup uh, uh, soccer. You know, I played a lot of sports coming up and um, a lot of unorganized sports, but I did play a lot of uh, organized as well. I think those my childhood of playing those things at the park and things like that and just on the block with all the kids that I used to live with down the street. I think you learn those skills and you kind of learn to harvest it as you get older, you know, so I think those skills being kind of familiar with me made it a little bit easier to me to make those transitions as a, as a professional athlete. Even against in wrestling, you know, just being able to have that endurance to be on your toes and moving light on your toes, doing stutter steps, doing fake steps into a, a real shot. Uh, I think it's all, it all kind of works together. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing to do. Like I said, it's, it's taxing. Yeah. Just like kicking is taxing. Lateral footwork is it's a lot of movement. A lot of movement.
1: I mean, we're, yeah. we're basketball players, so what's your, what, what was your basketball game like? Or what is your basketball game like right now?
2: It's, it's, it's all right, man. I had a big surgery on my hand, so the flick of the wrist is a little off these days, but uh so a janky, a little rusty. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't got a whole lot of mobility here. It's um pretty pretty beat up from the surgery. So that's the one of the unfortunate things I will say, but I can still punch people so and still grapple. <laughs> so, so it works out, you know. But yeah, yeah, um yeah. definitely won't be playing high level basketball anytime soon. I was the guy who always pride himself on defense, man. The I always the same way with hey. MMA. Defense is everything. So the same thing for fighting, my defense is everything. Same thing with basketball and all the other sports. i I rather play defense because offensively, I can't get blamed for something that doesn't go right. Yeah. You know? so defense, <laughs> I feel
0: you, I feel you, you know?
2: I feel you. Oh, I hold awesome. it
0: down. Man. So, I know you're a big wrestling guy and you are amazing in, in, in college. how did you transition? How'd you make the transition from wrestling to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu?
2: Uh, as soon as wrestling season was over, because I was in college, my freshman year, I met John Jones. I didn't start MMA until a sophomore in college when I transferred to SUNY Cortland. And over at SUNY Cortland, when I reached out to Jones, he was training right down the block from my college, which was the craziest coincidence. Damn. And uh, I asked him to come down. He let me come down. That was before wrestling season. And as soon as wrestling season was over, I went down and I actually started training for about a month. And I think I had my first amateur fight. And... Uh, You know, there wasn't much jiu-jitsu back then. It was kind of more YouTube videos. Our coach was okay. Mm -hmm. He fought before, but he wasn't a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. So I kind of picked it up on my own until they brought in a couple-time world champion to the gym, Nazare, Brazilian guy. I picked up a lot from him, got my blue belt under him. And then when I finished up college, I moved back home to Long Island. And uh, that's when I really started tightening up my BJJ. From what I learned from uh, Mm -hmm. Hane, I learned a lot more with uh, Matt because I was able to put more time in. Um, but I, I learned a good amount from Nazare. He, he showed me a lot of good stuff. He's a couple-time world-time champion in uh, gi. So I give that guy a lot of credit just for getting me really started with uh, jiu-jitsu. But Matt kind of took my crazy, funky style and made it work for me in terms of some of the stuff. Like, he would show me the, basis, the basics and the fundamental stuff because I didn't really learn that in the beginning. All the wild style stuff, I would do good against the guys who didn't really know Mm jujitsu, but the high level black belt, brown belt guys, once they get past my crazy speed and everything and they can hold me in a position, then they kind of took away all my funk. So Matt showed me some stuff to get out of those situations and help tighten up my game. I think that just made my my scrambling funk game even even tighter because now I can do the basics. But I still got my creativity where I'm just jumping into stuff and, and creating scrambles and still falling into submissions. So I think um, all that helped out a ton. And that's pretty much how I got started in, in BJJ. I took my first class, which was Gi. And here I am, a couple of years later, I'm a black
0: belt. <laughs> Wait, sorry. So how long did it take you to get to a black belt? Because this sounds fast. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. You, that is amazing.
2: I feel like I could have done it faster if I was <sighs> down in Long Island, from the beginning with mm. my BJJ, because I would have had to have done multiple classes when I was upstate. I did multiple training sessions in a day. i would do two, three jujitsu sessions in a day just to kind of pick it up because that's how green I was. But I didn't learn like the, the stuff that I like. And taught me like the fancier stuff. Mm-hmm. Matt taught me the basic stuff. So they all tied together when it came back. So that would be 2011 and yeah, almost 10 years. And I got my black belt, what, two years ago now? Or about two years ago? About about a year and a half ago. So, yeah, about nine, eight, nine years for me to get my black belt. I got a question for you.
1: Let me let – is Matt Sarah always have that much energy? Because he came on our podcast, and it just seems like that dude just has endless energy, man.
2: Yeah, he takes a five-hour energy, and that guy, you can't get him (laughs) him to stop.
0: (laughs) You need that, bro. Yeah, for that, you're a UFC fighter, man. You need that energy, bro. You can't live without it. You can't live without it, but yeah. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your podcast, man. I was watching a few episodes this morning. It's amazing, I'm loving it. I watched. I think I watched the last one you were talking about Anderson Silva, and then I think the same one where you were talking about, you know, could be, but how long you been podcasting? What's going on with that?
2: It's coming on two years in December. Um, oh god! Damn!
0: Congrats. Yeah, like
2: mid-December. Yeah, thank you. So it's been um, it's been a while. It's fun, man. I like breaking down the fights, and I think it helps me become a better fighter and a yeah. better coach because I'm taking a lot of things that I see from these guys when they're fighting these guys and girls. I'm taking it into my training sessions, or it's giving me food for thought to break down certain situations that maybe I can use this in a particular situation maybe not me or one of my teammates mm-hmm. training partners so i think it's all good for, for that stuff man and, and it's fun man i like talking shop about the fights yeah. i watch them pretty much every weekend main the first you know the curtain jerker as they call it yeah. all the way to the main event so uh it keeps me sharp so i can know who's who who the young cats coming in that are you know they're the prospects coming up my weight class and uh that i might potentially fight in a couple years or a couple months you know so that keeps me sharp, keeps me honest, and lets me stay ahead of the competition because I'm watching everybody. I'm not breaking them down when I have to fight them. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm breaking them down and analyzing their skill set all the way through pretty much the entire UFC career. So that that gives me a lot of confidence in that regards, knowing that, okay, this guy is pretty good at this. If I would ever fight him, I would have to do X, Y, and Z. Or oh, he's not so good in this position, maybe the next time he changes, and I could kind of see the growth from, from my own. So Keeps It keeps me in the know. So I, I enjoy it. I enjoy doing the podcast. Just nah, building mean, a man. database. A podcast. Yeah, for
0: sure. A database over there. You just turn it into a cheat code. Yeah, <laughs> scoop down everybody, man. That's dope. So if you had one dream guest, who would it be? One dream Better guest. Dead alive. That's kind of putting you on the spot. It's a little tough, but yeah.
2: Yeah, you know what? I, th- I think it would probably, probably be The Rock, but then again, hey, the I like the, I like I love The Rock, but I think sometimes he could be a little too PC with his answers. You yeah, know, if I, yeah, I yeah, did sure. with him, we'd have to bust out some of his teramana, and yeah. uh, we'd have to really get him off the rails a little bit, yeah. man. Open him up, yeah. yeah. Talk talk like you know, it's just the boys, you know, no cameras, no nothing, yeah. that type of thing, you know. So maybe maybe The Rock, if not, maybe like an MJ. You know, I, I'm a big fan of like the Goats, man. Like yeah. just to get inside their, their mind Mentality. to see how. Yeah, how they got to the, where they got to, and uh, you know, I just the grind and even the struggle. You know, because a lot of mm. people they see the success, they don't see the backstory of how to get there. A lot of people see me where I'm at now, they don't see the backstory of what it took to get me back to this position. Where you know, a couple of losses, um, one that could potentially end a lot of careers in terms of in terms of someone's confidence and things like that. Mm. Coming back through adversity like that, man. You know, even like an MJ story, getting cut and then bouncing back and. And doing what he's he's done, you know, who would have thought that a lot of people wrote that man off, you know, so. No, sure, um, sure. Even The Rock, you know, with the amateur wrestling and stuff like that. So those are the, like the guys I, I've i always looked up to as I've gotten older. You know, I didn't really have any role models when I, was, when I was growing up. It was more so just rappers and stuff like that. You know, the drug game and trying to understand that. So getting older, getting into sports, you know, I matured a lot seeing these guys' backstories would be something I think beneficial for a lot of people.
1: No, speaking sure. of your speaking of your backstory, I saw that you have is this true you have seven full siblings and twelve half siblings?
2: Yes, I do. I have a lot. So you, There's a lot you, of us running around.
1: <laughs> so did you grow up in a household so your household must have been obviously packed with a, a lot of family members then right? Or did you guys all not live together or how was that?
2: Uh we didn't we didn't all live together like the entire time, but for the most yeah. part we did. I lived with my mom for a good majority of my childhood until my dad and his wife at the time, uh, they got divorced and then he brought her into the picture. Then him and my mom got married. Now they're getting a divorce. So it's, uh, it's kind of all over the place. um,
1: I can imagine that makes you grow though. Like when you have all these siblings and all these different, these type of, you know, you're not the, I mean, imagine you weren't the main focus of your parents when you have so many other people around you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a lot of fighting. Just, just a lot of fighting, I think. A lot of fighting for attention. And we, we just grew up different, man. We beat the crap out of each other, like, day in and day out. It was, it was probably a fight almost every single day growing up, and that's no exaggeration. Or we weren't talking to each other for long periods of times, and it was, it was just very weird. Uh, we, you know, we're halves. A lot of us are halves, you know, so we didn't grow up together until we moved in with each other and it was just a lot of, a lot of fighting, a lot of fighting. Yeah. And, that,
1: and that's where it grew from. That's where all the fighting came from and just able to get out Survival there. of the
2: fittest, man. Survival of the yeah. fittest.
1: Dude, I feel yeah, you. Man. I feel you, man. Well, man, I really we really appreciate this, Aljamain. This is awesome. And we wish you the best yeah, of man, luck, man. man, coming up. We shout out, on Team Funkmaster, you. baby. Oh, yeah, definitely. Shout out on your uh, IG, Twitter, your podcast, so everybody can find you, man.
2: Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram or the Twitter or Facebook at <laughs> Funkmaster MMA. Um, real simple, real easy. Uh, my website aljamainstirling.com for you, any training gear or stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I Got the podcast on all streaming platforms, YouTube, iTunes, all that good stuff, Spotify. And uh, yeah, just get ready to tune into the show UFC 256, December 12th. We're coming What's strong. What's new champ, awesome. baby? Ready to go, ready to go.
1: Get that belt, bro.
0: Alright, man. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, big dog. Thank you guys. Yes, sir. Be All easy. Right. Bull body this